Welcome to the Reconciliation in the Early Years, Yarning with Joe and Adam podcast series. Together with Adam Duncan and Joe Goodwin, we'll draw on their experience and professional perspectives on some of the key obstacles faced by educators surrounding reconciliation in the early childhood education and care sector. On behalf of the team, I want to acknowledge that we are meeting virtually on unceded land. Genevieve and I are working on Ngunnawal and Ambri country, and Joe is on Kujingbara country. We pay our most profound respects to the elders who have been custodians of these places since time immemorial, and to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander colleagues listening. Well, hello and welcome to the first in our Early Childhood Australia podcast series. My name is Genevieve Jacobs. I'm a journalist and broadcaster from Region Media in Canberra, and I'll be hosting this series with guests Adam Duncan and Joe Goodwin as we explore reconciliation and how it connects with the early childhood learning experience. We're going to explore a bunch of different themes, ranging from diversity to closing the gap, the value of trauma-informed practice, also this year's Reconciliation Week theme, Be Brave, Make Change. Now, Adam and Joe are both Aboriginal teachers. Adam's a Biripai man from the Manning River on the New South Wales North Coast. He was part of the team that developed the Narragunawali Reconciliation in Schools and Early Learning Program that supports early childhood educators' exploration of reconciliation. He's an early childhood educator himself, a storyteller, an educational consultant and artist, and he's part of ECA's Reconciliation Advisory Group. Joe Goodwin is a descendant of the Wanarua peoples and was born in Singleton, New South Wales. She's got extensive experience in the early childhood profession and has worked nationally with a range of not-for-profits and governments to lead innovative programs for children, their families and communities. Jo currently serves as the co-chair of the Reconciliation Advisory Group and she's a regular contributor to in ECA publications. Adam and Joe are both focused strongly on amplifying Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children's voices. Our first conversation is about positive footprints, exploring diversity within our early childhood services. Adam and Joe, welcome to you both. Hello, Genevieve. Hello, Adam. Hello. Thank you very much. Great to have you here. I think these are going to be a really wonderful, informative, thoughtful series of conversations. And I just wanted to start with diversity, which is a, a bit of a buzzword today, but quite a, a complex one. Joe, can I start with you? What do you think diversity actually means? It's a really great question, diversity, and the buzzword in early learning services is often about respect for diversity is a big statement that we throw out there. Look, so diversity means acknowledging and celebrating and actually looking for and calling out all the differences that children and community have. So instead of the thinking around everyone is the same, it's about embracing that no we are not the same. There's not two of us that are exactly the same and we need to really start to unpack and explore and acknowledge the richness of diversity and the richness of the opportunities that present for very young children if we do that and do that well. Adam, if I can go to you, I think diversity is a bit deeper than just ticking boxes. We can kind of get hung up on the idea of do we have one of these and one of those, but actually perhaps this diversity question is more about as Joe's suggesting, seeing people for who they are, understanding that we are all the same, but we are also all very different. Yeah, definitely. I think the issues that have existed in the past in early childhood education and care draw on the fact that there has been for so long a very 
prescriptive way to mark progress when it comes to meeting our requirements in teaching young children. And we've kind of, as a sector, for so long fallen back on a that checklist approach. I think diversity is a really great starting point to tear away from that old way of being, given the nature of how different we all are in the space that we share. And I guess what we're starting to get at here is the idea that there's always a framework that's in place, even when we're not necessarily aware of how it influences our work. Joe, how have you seen those complex issues around diversity play out in the early childhood setting? Where has the issue come to the fore? Sorry, I was just thinking about what Adam said, and I think it's true about the lens in which we view our work and where it comes to the fore is what lens are we applying? So we need to apply a culturally informed lens. But in order to do that, as early childhood practitioners, we need to start to think about the values and attitudes and beliefs that we bring into our professional space as well, because we all have them. Every single person has them. They're what makes us respond or value things or not see the value in different things. And I think reflective practice is such a big part of that, but it's also about understanding and wanting to know our families and not know them and understand what they do up until a certain point until it challenges the values and beliefs that we bring into the space, but know them from a stance of curiosity of wanting to understand, well, why is that so? And why is that igniting a little bit of apprehension in me? What's going on for me? So checking in with myself as a practitioner first as to, well, what's happening for me in this space that I'm offended that this mum is still breastfeeding her three-year-old? Why is that any of my business and why am I in the position that I think I know better than this mum? And that's a really difficult thing to do. It can be very challenging for people. And I think, Joe, you've just put your finger right on it there that we can be very inclusive and positive about diversity until we are challenged ourselves. So I do want to talk a bit about when diversity creates discomfort. I'm thinking perhaps in the context of this series of interviews about different approaches to something like January 26, Australia Day or Invasion Day, or perhaps deeply held beliefs about gender and sexuality, about family behaviour. Adam, you will come up against that in the early childhood setting, won't you? Absolutely. I think a really important point to touch on in regards to this is there is no one right way of approaching the the work of reconciliation in the early years. And that is true not only for non-Indigenous professionals in the space, but in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander teachers and educators too. I've worked really hard during the course of my career to build an understanding of what is and isn't okay in regards to protocol around talking up my perspective on things and basically outline a anytime I'm speaking to professionals in the sector, make it abundantly clear that anything and everything that I share is my perspective on the work. I think it's really important that discomfort is really not, a, not only is it uh, something that you come up across every single day, every, every time we talk about reconciliation, it's an uncomfortable space, but it, it's not an uncomfortable space that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people inhabit freely without discomfort. It's uncomfortable for us as well, and it's important that we're open and the dialogue is strong in regards to the shared discomfort that we all encounter. I think that's actually a very important point to make here and something I've often said myself that 
conversations about reconciliation at all levels and in all places can be uncomfortable and that's because we're not reconciled that it's okay to be uncomfortable joe what are your responsibilities as educators when something perhaps quite unexpected has the potential to create conflict maybe even cultural clashes and look let's for argument's sake maybe use that january 26 example mm-hmm. what do you need to do as an educator oh, look i think first things first that educators is consider what values and beliefs do i have in this space what are my values and beliefs in relation to aboriginal and torres strait islander peoples how well educated am i about that where are my gaps in my knowledge and by going into that room of mirrors and understanding where your truth sits it may be that you think 26th of january is a day that should be celebrated and really unpacking exploring why do i think that way what do i not believe in the truth telling of the aboriginal history of this country since colonization what is it that i'm losing i think i'd like to explore that concept of what do people actually think they're losing if they don't celebrate australia day on 26th of january what is going to be lost in that whole discussion about cultural inclusion and identity and sense of inclusion and belonging in society because i'm yet to understand what's going to be lost so so therefore as sorry going back to originally what you're talking about is educate i'd talk about that and i'd talk in the whole team environment about where where are we where are we where are we as a whole team where are our families as well families are such an important part of this conversation and what is it that we need to be considering more do we go out and is it going to be a celebration and is it going to be a meaningful celebration for children you know what is it that we want what's the outcome what's the learning opportunity that we want our children and families to take away from whatever whenever whatever and however and whenever we choose to celebrate Adam, how challenging can it sometimes be to act respectfully in those situations? And I think this January 26 example is a good one because as we can hear, it's something that is passionately important obviously to the Aboriginal community, but a very contested idea still across the broader Australian community. How challenging is it as an educator if you come up against somebody who really pushes back and says, "I'm not on board with that. You're all wrong. I don't want my child learning that." That's a really great question. Touching on what Joe said, Joe and I have both had kind of external professional conversations about this, and there's been an interesting shift for me as an educator during the course of my teaching career. As a young Aboriginal man, I kind of started off in a position of being really quite affronted by the differing opinion that the celebration of Australia Day, without recognising the hurt that it signifies. was really quite offensive and and it made me quite cross made me quite angry and so my first experience as an educator was that i ended up in quite challenging conversations with my community around the importance of this to me not only as an aboriginal person but as an educator of the next generation kind of to step up into the political space in australia and so I think as I've gotten older I've become and this kind of is a throwback to our original question about diversity is I feel like I've broadened my understanding of the importance of acknowledging the differences. I think what Joe said still rings true. I think the tendency for that opinion that Australia Day should be celebrated is still quite confronting. But I think 
that opinion is just another aspect of a diversity that I've now worked to understand and appreciate, I don't think that conversation should be silenced. I think the difficulty is comes with the territory. It's one of those uncomfortable conversations to be had. And it's just really important that the dialogue and the, the conversation be had, that it not be something that's kind of swept under the rug. And we, I feel like it breeds resentment and contempt on both sides if we don't openly talk about each other's perspectives. The idea of it being challenging. Sorry, Joe, you wanted to, to hop in there. I'm, I'm keen to hear from you about what the importance of that approach is for the children that you're working with. Yeah. I was just about thinking with what Adam was saying. Yeah, I was about to say, it, in some respects, the conversation that has now happened nationally in the country on the 26th of January and leading up to the 26th of January is quite interesting because it, it's creating this completely different dialogue out there that, you know, we wouldn't be having those conversations maybe five to six years ago. You know, there wouldn't be as rich conversation about this is what my understanding is, this is why. It's sort of starting to call out the challenges of acknowledging the 26th of January is a day to celebrate. I think that the country's already engaging in that conversation now, engaging in it quite in depth in social media, love or, or hate it, it's there and it's stimulating that conversation. And I was also going to say, and what Adam was touching on, is that being curious about the attitudes and values and beliefs that people bring into the space, the understanding about that diversity and think if we're truly, as an educator, thinking about the families that we're working with, we have to be understanding what's important for our families and for our children because all cultures, they structure the transmission of their values and their social mores from one generation to another, and it happens through language, through celebrations, through child-rearing, through the behaviours that are passed through the generations, and it's really important that we understand that the space of what do our families value? And are we, the big question, are we actually here to acknowledge and respect and include the diversity of all our families and our community in our early education and care service? Or are we here as educators to teach them about our way? If we, we're thinking that it's to teach about, you know, my individual ways and educated, whatever that may be, then we're not considering diversity and we're setting it up that a power imbalance of I'm right and this family or their values and beliefs, whatever they bring in the space, are wrong. And I think the more that we can maintain the curiosity about understanding our families and our communities, the more positive and the better the outcomes that we will have in understanding diversity and also getting comfortable with sitting with discomfort, like getting really uncomfortable about being uncomfortable. That's probably the biggest thing that I think we as educators should be thinking about. How do I get comfortable with being uncomfortable? And Adam, talk to me about listening with a sense of curiosity and openness. What does that achieve for yourself and for the children, and perhaps particularly when it can be quite challenging for you personally? Yeah, sure. Just to make another connect to what Joe's just brought up, and in response to your question, Genevieve, a lot of the discomfort, a lot of the the conflict that arises in doing reconciliation work in the early years comes from this concept that we shouldn't be politicising early childhood education. The trick there 
being that we're living on Aboriginal country, we're all living on country, and we're all living in post-colonial Australia, and we are inherently political creatures in this nation, and point is the same for every nation across in the world. But in regards to focusing on openness and listening to the diversity of opinions and the diversity of ideas in the space, I think the the wonderful thing is that it comes back to modelling, which is such an important part of our time with young children. We, we focus so heavily on modelling positive behaviours in every aspect of our time in front of a group of small children. Taking the opportunity to have an open and frank conversation with our communities does first and foremost model a positive way to approach an uncomfortable and potentially contentious issue. It's an opportunity for us to model that behaviour to the children, whether they then, you know, take seven or eight years to replicate that listening. We're providing a positive example of how we can speak about these things in a respectful and conscientious way. And I think, Adam, too, it influences conversations that can happen at home with families and and with the community. I mean, we also do a lot of those implicit verbal reinforcements of something being good or something being bad, but that stance of curiosity allows a really open space, a a really interesting space in which to think, well, what don't I know about this and why have I got, why do I think that I'm, that my opinion is the only opinion in this space or my belief or my value about this is the only one in this space. Yeah, what a fantastic opportunity to unpack something in collaboration with your cohort of children, sitting down and working through that process that is so hard for us as adults to do. Doing that in collaboration would be a great opportunity. I think we've arrived at a beautiful point here that embracing diversity at its heart is hard but rewarding and maybe it's a growing experience for everyone, including teachers, families, parents, the wider community, and that can take place in the early childhood space. Joe and Adam, thank you. This has been a really interesting conversation about things that are often very challenging, where there are deeply held beliefs at play. Sometimes those beliefs are very hard to to deal with, but this idea of curiosity, of openness, respectfulness, and of not being afraid of tackling big issues in the early childhood space has been terrific. Thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks. See you, Thanks very much. See See you later. Bye. You have been listening to the Reconciliation in the Early Years Yarning with Joe and Adam podcast series. The copyright of this podcast series is owned by Early Childhood Australia. All rights reserved.